Thank you guys so much. That is so beautiful. It reminds me, it takes me back to college days. Talking about Pastor Sexton, because Rick would be in the dorm and he'd play for us in the dorm and uh, put us to sleep with beautiful playing. Appreciate Kevin, all of his talents and things there too. I tell you what, it is wonderful. It was great. He would play. Literally, I'd just sit there and be like, man, that is awesome. Wish I had that talent. Now we have both the same haircut, but I can't play the guitar. I cannot play the guitar as good as he can. Not one bit. I tell you what, it's been a lot of reminiscing in my heart this week with Pastor Sexton passing away, you know, and so I appreciate your prayers for all that there, praying for pastors. He goes up for the funeral and those things. Appreciate your prayers for me and my family, as Pastor Blaylock told you. I'll be the lead pastor of Horizon Baptist Church as of February 1st, and so we're very excited about that, and uh, a lot of things will be taking place with the voting and all that in January, and so we've been praying about this for a long time, and uh, I appreciate with all of my heart Pastor Sherman Dibble. He has been such a help and an encouragement to me in the ministry. And uh, I've learned so much from him. He'll still be there, and uh, he'll be uh, kind of more of a pastoral care and counseling role. A lot of things are still developing there. And so we're very excited about what God has for the future of Horizon Baptist Church. God has a lot of things going on down there, and uh, lots of growth around our area. And we're very excited about it. So I appreciate your prayers for that. I appreciate Beacon Baptist Church, the role that you've had, and Pastor Blaylock's had in uh, my life. I'll say a little bit about that in the message tonight. But even more so, too, and, you know, the connection that we had to here and Pastor Blaylock knowing Pastor Sherman Dibble is what brought us down this way. So if you don't like that I'm around, you can blame Pastor Blaylock because he invited us down to be able to take part and see if the, you know, it would be God's will for us to move here. So 10 years ago, as of December 1st, we started Horizon Baptist Church. And so, wow, 10 years has gone so, so fast. And, um... Maybe why they have the haircut that me and Rick have, I don't know. But I tell you what, time moves quickly. My wife is actually not here right now tonight. She's probably going to come in towards the end. She had a big fellowship at King's Academy tonight with some of the staff there. And so, but she would love to be here with you, but she is praying for us this evening. And she loves you all. She loves Pastor Blaylock, and she loves this church. And uh, we love you too. So it's a privilege to be able to preach to you tonight. So you're in your Bibles there at Luke chapter 2. Appreciate your prayers for me and my family. We love you all so much. We really do. Luke chapter number 2, we already read through verses 21 through 24. So that's where we'll be tonight. We'll refer to those four verses. I'll, I'll read some other verses to you as we move along. Simple thought tonight, but I want to be an encouragement to you. We're just a few days from Christmas Day, and I hope you have your shopping done, or at least close to it, right? As Pastor Dibble always says, he says, well, if you don't have your shopping done, Walgreens is open 24 hours or sometimes till midnight, so you can get that special gift for someone at the last second if you need to, probably. Christmas is filled with many things in our lives, many, many things, especially for the Christian. It's one of our most remembered and high and holy days. We do a lot of things to prepare for Christmas Day, don't we? Choir concerts, as y'all had this morning. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing, but what I heard, so, so good, so beautiful. I know you enjoyed that. Christmas parties, pastors are preparing Christmas messages, etc., etc., all the way down the line. So many things happening during Christmas time. And even into the new year, where we make New Year's resolutions, right? Some physical, <laughs> sometimes don't last as long. <laughs> Some spiritual, that we hope lasts forever. But what we do in the days after, the days after, what we do, what do we do when all the celebration is over? When things are done and Christmas is done and New Year's are done, what do we do? Well, the answer is simple. Keep obeying God. And what he instructs us to do in his word each and every day. The message for tonight is simple. It's the days after from Luke 2, 21 to 24. Let's learn a, mess, a lesson tonight from Mary and Joseph. 
After all, they had been through in their lives in the year prior and up to Jesus' birth. And let's not forget that all that they did go through. Don't forget the sacrifices that Mary and Joseph made to bring Jesus into this world socially, culturally, and financially. Traveling to Bethlehem, possibly a four or more day journey, not being able to find room in the inn, having Jesus amongst the animals and delivering him in that environment. Circumstances most of us will never, ever experience, nor would we probably want to. My wife's had five children. She never would have wanted to have any of them in a barn. I can guarantee you that. Some might argue that they deserved, Mary and Joseph, they deserved to lay low. They deserved at that point, take a break. You receive a pass for a few years at least on doing anything spiritual in your lives. Surely at that point, they had what? Fulfilled their quota, right? All that they had been through and all that they had done. But that was not Mary and Joseph's spirit at all. They continued on in what they knew was right. Always do what is right. No matter what excuse we may give ourselves, or no matter what excuse the world may give us, in the days after Jesus' birth, Mary and Joseph continued in the everyday tasks that they were expected to do and by law required to do. Some may think that having Jesus in their home, life was filled with fireworks and big things and life-changing moments every minute of every day. And of course, we know from Jesus' life that there were some grand and glorious miracles to come, of course. But the reality of everyday life was filled with the everyday common tasks that we all face. A carpenter's son who had chores, a family who didn't have a lot of money, and worked hard to make ends meet. In the short years that Jesus walked the earth, he lived and he taught that it is important, of utmost important, to do those everyday tasks. So much in their life had led them to this point, and so much that they had done. And in this simple home, we don't have a lot of verses about it, but I think it's beautiful that God didn't choose to send Jesus to be born into a family that had maids and butlers to do all the non-important tasks so Jesus could eventually get to the most important things. And if you have maids and butlers, that is fine. I have no issue with that at all. But he was born into a family where the small things were very important. And Jesus saw the wisdom and knew the wisdom in this. A few years ago, when we had our Christmas devotions on Christmas morning, my daughter Michaela, who was home from college for a little bit, and we're so happy to have her home, as I know you are some of your college uh, daughters and sons too, and it's great to have her home. It is my first at college, so this has been an interesting semester for me for sure, and uh, filled with some tears, and th- times where you just kind of get to the table or some different things, it's like, oh yeah, Michaela's not here, so it's been an interesting year. A few years back, we had Christmas devotions, and Michaela was reading the story, and she brought some thoughts that she had, and she brought up a great point. She said, you know, God chose to announce Jesus' birth with a host of angels, with a host of angels, and the audience was just a few shepherds in the field. A host of angels, and the audience is just a handful of shepherds in the field. God cares about the people whose society does not pay much attention to. Every single person is important. No matter what you do, no matter what your 
stature, state is in life, you are important to God. Don't ever believe the lie that you are insignificant at all. I had a moment yesterday at Publix, and I came through, and um, I had this guy I was checking out at Publix, and sometimes I'll buy candy. I was buying candy for our Christmas party. We had our Christmas party for our teens. We had 30, if you know our house, it's not a huge house, but we had like 35 people in our house Saturday night. (laughs) We had a blast. We were all over the place playing games, had a great time. I was buying candy, and I came through, and I asked, how are you doing tonight? How are you doing today? He goes, not well. The kid was just honest to me. He said, not well. I said, really? I said, you okay? I said, not having a good day. The bagger kind of looked at me like, oh, here he goes again. He kind of looked at me, kind of rolled his eyes. I was like, really? You all right? So he just sat and he said, I said, well, what? Not a, not a great day. I said, at least you're not outside running the carts around in the rain like the guy I saw out there. I said, you could be out there, right? He just kind of shrugged his shoulders. He goes, yeah, it's just been a tough day. I said, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope your day gets better. So I took the Snicker bar pack that I had and I opened it up and I said, do you want a Snickers? He said, yeah, I like Snickers. I said, well, maybe cheer your day up a little bit, right? Why wait? Have a Snickers, right? I said, instant commercial right there at Publix. <laughs> but so the lady behind me too, she goes, you're a good egg. I don't know exactly what that meant. Do I look like an egg? I don't know. It's kind of like, mm, maybe <laughs> you're a good egg. Like, thank you. It's like, you're a good, like, I don't know, like bodybuilder. No, she didn't say that. You're a good egg. I don't know if it's this or if it's this. Maybe it's a combination of the both, right? Should you eat more Snickers? You're going to look like an egg. That's okay. So I gave him a Snickers bar and I walked out and I said, oh, you just have a better day, bud. So I was passing the guy out that was um, checking out the groceries and he's back. He, he looked at me, he kind of nodded. He said, hey, thanks very much, you know. And so I just wanted the young man to know that you're not insignificant. God knows exactly where you're at, you know. And a lot of times I'm in there a lot because we buy a lot at that Publix on Orange, you know, for the church and things like that. So you get to know people, but nobody that you're, you come in contact with is insignificant. You're not insignificant and nobody you meet is insignificant. Spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be a light, be an encouragement, and lift people up around you. There is value and beauty in simple, everyday obedience. There's value and there's beauty in simple, everyday obedience. Luke 16, 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much the days after. Number one, I want you to see your life has purpose. Your life has purpose because of Jesus. Look at verse number 21. If you would with me again. And when eight days, the eight days there, and in verse 22, the days, the third and fourth word in those verse there, that's what brought me to this thought process one day when I was reading this through. And I want you to see this. And when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, His name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Your life has purpose. Notice Mary and Joseph's obedience in the circumcision of Jesus and in the naming of our Savior. They did exactly what the angel told them. You shall call his name Jesus. Once the angel told Mary that, she knew the name of her child. She didn't have to go through the baby books or see what the common, you know, cultural popular names were. She said, I know exactly what his name's going to be. The angel already told me that. He was called Jesus, and he was the king of kings. He is the king of kings. He was circumcised because he was a Jew. And now, through all that, Bible prophecy is fulfilled. That, through the seed of Abraham, the whole world would be blessed. Salvation is for the Jew and the Gentile. Praise God for that. We sit here today 
from a long line of those who have gone before us in a church, from my church, fellowshipping with you, the body of Christ, to be able to encourage one another. If you're not Jewish in this room, you're a Gentile. And I thank God that the gospel was for the whole world. I'm so proud, so thankful that the gospel was for me, even though I don't deserve it, neither do you. And now through Jesus Christ, we can become a child of the King. Jesus, the child of Mary, 100% man. Jesus, the Son of God. You notice that last word in verse 21, the word is womb. God knew you before you were ever born. No matter what the circumstances of your delivery, conception and delivery was, you have a purpose. You have a plan. And God has a will for your life. God knew you before you were born. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. That blows my mind. I love thinking about that. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah 29.11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Saith the Lord, thoughts of what? Peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. An expected end. Number two, I want you to see your faith is life-changing. Number one, your life has purpose. Number two, I want you to see your faith is life-changing. Your faith is life-changing for you and through you. It could be life-changing for others too. You see in the following passages, we won't read it tonight, but Simeon's life was changed while they were in Jerusalem, seeing Jesus brought peace in his life from the vision he had had. Again, notice Mary and Joseph's obedience and how they brought Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. Look at verse number 22 through 23. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem, to the temple, to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord. So we see in verse number 22, they did according to the law of Moses for purification, and they did according to the law of the Lord. Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. Your faith is life-changing. They dedicated Jesus to God, the Father in heaven. You might have thought, well, I mean, it's the Son of God. You really have to go through all that? They still went through the everyday, simple, beautiful obedience. They even waited the right amount of time for a purification, 40 days after the birth of a son, from what the law stated. I don't know what their schedule was exactly, and I'm sure some of us would be pretty eager to get all of those uh, spiritual boxes checked, but she followed the law straight out. She knew exactly what she needed to do. She didn't hesitate on that one bit. I'm sure they were eager to eventually get back to their hometown of Nazareth to start Joseph's carpentry business back up. Though we know the story, they had to go from Nazareth, right, to Bethlehem because of the census. Jesus is born, then they stay there for two years or so. The wise men come, then they had to flee to Egypt because Herod was wanting to kill Jesus. Then after Herod died, they went from Egypt back all the way up into Nazareth. 
It's amazing what they went through in this time frame to travel. I mean, the journey from Nazareth in that day, you know, different estimations, maybe a four-day journey if you are walking constantly eight hours a day, resting in the evenings. All this that they went through and all that they did, but they had a dedication to get Jesus in their hearts to the temple. Some might even say, this is Jesus, this is God's son. You've been through a lot. Do you really have to go through all of that to get Jesus to the temple or to church? To come out of Bethlehem after all that you've been through, to make a trip up to Jerusalem? Just chill. Take some time to take it easy. But let's learn a great lesson here from Joseph and Mary. Your faith is important. Being in church is important. And it is life-changing to you, to those around you, and especially to your children and to your family. I cannot tell you how thankful I am that my parents, Gary and Peggy Martin, had me in church when I was two weeks old. My mom always likes to say that. You're two weeks old, a hedge in the nursery. I was like, I was there from the beginning, right? Going after it. What my home church has meant to me over these years and the dedication of God's people and Pastor Tim Thorne there, he has had and they have had such an influence on my life that I cannot go into it tonight because it would take absolutely forever. What my home church means to me and the support that they've been to me over these years has been, it's indescribable. The foundation that I've been given, I don't know if I could ever live up to it. I've been given so much. I also cannot even begin to scratch the surface. I say it every time I come and pastor, you give me the opportunity to pray, the opportunity tonight to speak from my heart to you all. It's such a great privilege. But I say it every time I'm here. And I want you all to know that I don't just say that. I have a special thankfulness to this church. I cannot even scratch the surface of how thankful I am for this church, church at Beacon Baptist Church. And that McKenzie's parents chose to bring her to this church over on Center Street those years ago. Beacon Baptist Church. To be around my wife, to be around the dedicated and consistent obedience of God's people and Pastor Blaylock, I cannot tell you how thankful I am for this church, the foundation and the things that I've been eternally blessed with. I am eternally blessed because this church has invested in my family over the years, before I even knew Mackenzie, and now forevermore. My family is eternally blessed because of the salvation of Jesus Christ and because of the church that God has established and ordained for the furtherance of the gospel and the ministry to the saints. This is God's perfect design. Don't ever, ever, not one of you, no matter what age, stage you are at, do not take it for granted. God has given us such a special, special gift in the church between one another, the fellowship of the saints. Ephesians 4, 11 through. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. We have some kids that came to our Christmas party Saturday night 
And some of them don't go to our church regularly. Some of them are new. And sometimes we have kids come from some of the kids' schools and even when they were at Bach Middle School and others. And It's just so much in this world that carries people away with every wind and every thought in this world. There's so much distraction in the world today. But when you're able to come into the house of God and be guided by God's people who are dedicated to God's word and be taught and encouraged from a book that does not change, it is a standard that we stand upon or influenced by that cannot and never will be replaced. It is so beautiful. And when you see like young people see the difference, this is not a prideful statement, but I, we've had kids come to our youth group down there from different things. They's like, we just love coming to your home because it's just so loving. And it's not like I'm the best father and we've got whatever. We're all over each other. We have a small home, but we love it. The point is, is they just don't see that fellowship where they're at. They don't see people trying to lift one another up. They're used to everybody kind of maybe clawing and scratching for position or whatever it may be and they're not taught a consistent truth that they can hold to and put their foot upon we need a foundation god has given us the pillar and the ground of the truth the church to be able to stand upon and to come together in god will never mess this up the devil will try to the only thing that'll mess this up is me and you our flesh Don't let it get in the way. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things which is the head, even Christ. Here to the church at Ephesus. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, every one of you have a gift and every one of you have a purpose. Every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Your faith is life-changing. Number three and lastly, your salvation is secure because of Jesus. Verse 24. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. They went to make a sacrifice. They went to sacrifice unto the Lord and to dedicate Jesus and present him to God as the gift that God had given them as their child, the Son of God. I love Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. That just means everything. (laughs) Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. They were offering a sacrifice to God, holding Jesus the final sacrifice. They were offering a sacrifice to God, holding the Messiah. They were obeying the law, holding the one who would fulfill the law. Jesus came not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The next verse, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy. Tonight, friends, I want you to understand your faith is so important. What you have before you tonight is not to be taken lightly. 
Your life has purpose. Your faith, this church together, is life-changing to you and to others. And our salvation is secure because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that he is, that he was, and that we worship him in this season. The Son of God who came, who was born of the Virgin Mary, he was born to die for our soul's salvation. So, we who have been redeemed by Jesus from the penalty of the law, how much more should we be convicted, convinced, and persuaded to live an obedient, dedicated, consistent life for our Lord, our God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ? So, what do we do? What do we do in the days after? Christmas and into the new year. All of what Mary and Joseph have been through, all of the story of Luke 2, all of the process that they have gone through, everything that they had faced, just think about it. All the things that they, the cultural dynamics, all that happened in their lives, the first thing after he's born, all that they do is they go right back to what they knew they were supposed to be doing. Never look back and say, well, I've done a lot of great things in my life spiritually. Today, I can take a break. <laughs> Tomorrow, I can lay back maybe this month a little bit. It's exactly what the devil's waiting for, is for us to open the door just a little bit and take one day off. It doesn't mean that we can't enjoy life. It just means that every single day, the mercies of God are new, and every single day, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. And when the Bible talks about the walk with God, it talks about it as a daily walk. The past is great. We can build upon it. We can draw from it. We can learn from it. But you cannot lean on it. You have to lean on the Lord for today. And then today you serve him. And tomorrow you will be. If you fall asleep in God's will tonight, you'll wake up in God's will tomorrow. And then down the road in your life, you'll continually be in God's will. So what do we do in the days after Christmas and into the new year? Well, Simply, it's not a complicated thought tonight. We live a life of what? Simple, beautiful, everyday obedience. Simple, beautiful, everyday obedience. We know what to do. Mary and Joseph knew exactly what to do. And those four verses, one day in my life, just gripped me and said, they went right back at it. So, church, you know what to do. Messages preached, the word of God. You know exactly what you're supposed to do. So, let's go do it. Finish today strong. Live today, live tomorrow, and each day of your life confidently in beautiful, simple, everyday obedience to the Lord. Every day after. Amen? Amen. God, we love you. Thank you so much. The truth from your word tonight. Lord, you're so good to us. Thank you for your word, the perfect, infallible word of God that it is, without error. Lord, no verse, no scripture, not one letter, not one comma, nothing is there by mistake. God, every single verse is there for our admonition and our help. I pray, God, that even from Mary and Joseph, simple, beautiful, everyday obedience, that, God, we would cherish the moments we have first and foremost, Lord, with you and with those around us, our family, our church family, 
and those who we meet each and every day. God, help us each and every day to be obedient to you every day and every day after. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your precious word. Move us tonight. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you, God, for sending your son to be born. To be born so that we may live. To be born to die. God, lead us in your perfect salvation. God, if there be one here tonight that does not know you as their personal savior, I pray, God, that tonight will be the night where they put their faith and trust in you, Jesus Christ, the only way of salvation. Jesus, you said it better than we ever could. You said you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by you. God, you sent your Son because Jesus is the only way. Speak to us tonight. Help us to obey you in everything we do. Thank you, Lord, for your perfect word. In Jesus' name we pray.